Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining, joined by my co-host this evening, Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, how are you this National HIV Testing Day? I am good, and you know what? I tested positive. <laughs> I know that. Oh, let the humor begin. <laughs> humor. Humor. Oh, gosh. No, we have been... Um, I have to follow up with the agency that I that I'm affiliated with and find out how many we actually tested. But um, we we get a ton. We, hopefully, we got a ton of people through, and hopefully, all of them tested negative. So um, that's that's the hope, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's, absolutely. Hey, so um, I I wanted to um, just really quick before we get started with everything. I wanted to thank David Stor- David von Storch from last week. Mm-hmm. And um, thank him so very much for putting up with me, being all by myself, everybody. Um, <laughs> uh, no, he he was a true sport and a tr- and a trooper, and I and I just really thank him so much for for um, dealing with my my craziness. So, um, well, I, I I also want to thank you, Jeremy. Oh, no problem. I want to thank you because, you know, last week you were going to co-host with Jack, and then last minute, you know, I found out last minute. I was literally driving home when I called, and, um, you know, I found out that he, he, you know, had something come up that he had to to deal with, so he went and did that. So thank you for taking the reins, and, you know, you did a great job. Everybody was talking about it. Oh, good, because because did you hear the intro? I played, like, four of them, and I didn't know which one was right. (laughs) Oh, you're good. You're good. So tonight we have a really – what's he say? Yes. No, no, I said nothing. I'm just waiting for Sherry. Yeah, <laughs> we all are waiting for her. Actually, she's on the line, so we're going to bring her on. But I'm excited to have her back. It's going to be a fun hour because she always makes us laugh. She, when she was back on the show uh, last year, uh, Jack was hosting with me that day, and we laughed the whole entire hour, Jeremy. Did you? The whole hour, yes. Yeah, so. I, I, I'm I'm itching to talk to Sherry. I'm literally itching. So um, because I've been eaten by mosquitoes. So have her. <laughs> okay. Well, don't pee yourself. Everybody, go to the bathroom now before she comes on because you're going to be laughing the whole time. So um, help me welcome Sherry Beachfront Lewis to the show. Hello, Sherry. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> good. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm trying to see. Like I'm trying to figure out how to get sound out of my computer, but I have you on the phone. But that's, yeah, so you don't um, need that. No, I don't need that? Okay, that's cool. Cause we don't no, because there'll be an echo. Yeah, then it'll be a horrible thing. So other than that, everything is fabulous. Thank you so much for inviting me back, Robert. And Jeremy, oh, it's anytime. nice to meet you. Yes? It's nice to meet I'm, you. Nice to meet you, too. So, Robert, shut up. Sherry and I have to talk. <laughs> oh, no. Go ahead. <laughs> How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm, I'm Besides being too. itchy, that made me itchy. I know, That's... itchy, exactly. You know, it's these damn mosquitoes. But oh, hey, yeah, you're um, in the heat hot. We're in the yeah, dry. In, yeah, yeah, down here where it's wet and moist. Well, hot that's moist. very sexual. It is very sexual, so take it any way you like. <laughs> that's already been proven, and Robert knows I'm a very condom-worthy type of girl. <laughs> yeah. We yes, always, Everybody always. was asking me about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wanted to I wanted to mention something about Sherry Lewis, everybody, that um she's not the one with lamb chop, so let's put that aside. I had to No, yeah. no I'm not. But yeah. I did a little video, you know, I, I got uh Dabby AIDS bear uh the other day in the mail and I was so excited that I made a little video 
tape and, and sent that to Dab. And so I was a little shari. She's shari, Lewis, but, you know, people go. Is it go, shari? You know, yeah, it is shari, Lewis. Shari, S-H-A-R-I, quite different. She was a childhood hero of mine because I'm a lot older. And it was when I did my little video. There I was sitting with Deb the Bear, like, talking like, hi. We're actually, we could do any old time about hope and, you know, protection and HIV stops with me and get tested and know your status. And he's a very wonderful bear. And he stays young. That's hilarious because I just I just saw that video like seriously like ten minutes ago. I was on Dab's page and I went, Oh my god, there's Sherry, let me watch it. And I was laughing my butt off at you making your little voice in the dog. It was cute. Yeah, because you know, I mean, it really is amazing. It's very, very touching. First of all, the bear is a real healer. You know, when I used to go to the Louise Hay workshops, she would tell you to bring a stuffed animal and a mirror. Talk to yourself in the mirror and tell yourself how good you are and get into this self-acceptance. And it seemed really hokey, but, you know, when you when you are facing a death sentence like it was back then and you went on these what they called hay rides, that was all we had, holding on to each other, our stuffed animals and our mirrors. Can you imagine? This was our treatment plan. <laughs> I just imagine that. Uh, what stuffed animal would I bring? Hmm. So uh, I don't know. I, I I don't even rec- I remember I brought a blanket, you know. I mean, it really does you do this inner child boohoo work. And so when Dab showed up, you know, having gone through the crisis of those early AIDS days and been in hospice care and taking care of children and then he arrives at my doorstep and I realize my fellow soldier and look how he has stayed inspired and I, of course my bear is a he which shows I'm such a hetero that even my my <laughs> animals boys <laughs> I mean, if there was a hint of lesbian in me, I would at least she her. But I go right to all my stuffed animals. My whole life have been a him, him, because I've always, (laughs) it's always a him. (laughs) I love it. So So are mine. I I, I, I wanted to say something about Sherry is that everybody has to go out to this website that, um, what is it? It's uh, Out Loud something. Um, Oh, my Living Out Loud? Living out loud, yes, thank you, and and vote for Sherry because I vote for her every day. Oh, thank you so much. Well, you know that that website is actually Own TV, which is Oprah Winfrey Network. That's what owns for. So you know that's kind of a powerhouse. Doesn't get much bigger than Miss Oprah. I mean, really, the queen. I I have so anyway. It's Own Own TV, and um, on her. The next TV star. She has this huge reality show competition. I know. I want to barf when I think reality show, but let's face it. There's a lot of them we love, like you know, Project Runway. Hello. So there's tons of them. They really there's the hair show. Well, there's really some really great ones. So. This is Mark Burnett producing this show for Oprah, and Mark Burnett of The Apprentice and Survivor fame. So it's a pretty classy, high-end, Oprah-esque kind of reality show. And it's the next TV star, which is basically a hosting gig. So I'm going for a job in public, which is kind of wacky. But, you know, I mean, it's not like I want to be on reality TV. I just want the job, and this happens to be the venue. This is the route to getting it. The joy has been in the journey. I cannot tell you how, I mean, I get emails and from all over the country that I've never, from Facebook, it just marched out from every 12-step fellowship, from the AIDS community, all over the place. I had no idea the expanse of support and love. That right there is the win. You know, it, it's just been really overwhelming and, and fantastic, it, the whole thing. It's just it really is. It's overwhelming. I'm wearing my. I'm sitting with Dab, the AIDS bear, and I'm wearing this necklace that that another girl sent me that has my sobriety date on it. Oh, I know. It's it's really been. It, it, like I said, it's a win already to me. I mean, I had no idea there was this much love and support out there. When you open up the door and walk through. And that's a lot about destigmatizing right there. You'd be surprised when you walk through your fear how much love comes in, not the other that you think is going to be there. There's really a lot of support. And, yeah, there's always going to be those creepy negative haters out there. But, you know, God will protect you. Just don't feed them. Don't feed them. Don't even give them your time. No energy at all. You don't have time to waste on that. 
And that's really been my perception, and it's been my truth. My reality has been that. There's always a couple. I've had a couple on my Facebook in the last few years, in the last few uh, weeks, rather, since I've been doing this campaign for votes. And I have to tell you, two people out of thousands, like, I'm not interested, take me off the list, I'm not, but beyond that is everybody like, thank you so much, this is so exciting, and people, I really don't know, I don't know thousands of people. (laughs) (laughs) That's the magic of Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, it really is, I'm going to end up, I'm going to have to, I'm almost max, because I think you can only have 5,000 people on a page. Yeah, I'm almost craziness. Yeah, so it means I'm going to have to, which kind of freaks me out, because I don't know how, I'm going to have to learn how to. And I guess you have to get a fan page. I mean, you have a lot of pages, Robert. You have your you have a you have your pause I I am page, and you have your personal page. You have you have a lot of stuff. So I guess I'm gonna have to figure out how to move my stuff around. Yeah, I have a I have a yeah. There's a pause I am radio page um, that you can like. There's a yes. Yeah, see see how good my hosts are. No. So wait a minute. There's also a pause I am. There's a pause I am group. For people who want to join the group, and then I also run um, the Cami page, the HIV positive Muppet. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't see that. Yeah. Wow. I found it. I found, it. I found your thingy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my thingy. He's so funny. So wait a minute. People can go to the link that I just posted in the chat room here, and for people who aren't um, able, aren't viewing it or listening to the show now, they can find it in the archives. They can go to, what is it, myown.opa.com and kind of search Sherry Lewis? Yes. You, you, if you get into my own, uh, if you go to the, let's see, let me, if you go to Oprah's own.com network, let's see, mm-hmm. um, you can go on search in the voting, browse and vote. It's Oprah's search for the next TV star. So if you go to own.com and then you go for browse and vote, you go Sherry Lewis in the search, click, and there I'll be. Then you press on the little icon with my face behind that green screen, and that's not special effects. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But they can vote up to ten times, right, a day? Ten times. You could be a serial voter. You could you could just you know tweak on that thing, and look, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just went and voted, and then I went back to it again. I was like, oh, I can keep voting. Really bad. I didn't for, know that. It's really bad for tweakers in recovery because they'll be they'll be getting. <laughs> I'm still doing this. I'm still. Oh my God, she's got this many votes. I should get now. So I'm up to. I got to tell you because I'm obsessed, of course, with this. Uh, Fifty fifty six thousand one hundred and one votes right now. Oh no, you're at fifty six thousand two hundred seventeen. See now, this tally thing is not all right. All the all the it takes time to tally, and I don't get how it works. So you just keep going that little vote. Oh, so you have your yeah. screen up. I have my screen up, and I keep I, I'm I've been hitting it now for an hour. Oh my God, people are going to be yeah, just keep voting. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm responsible. Carpal tunnel vision. I'm very good at protecting people from HIV, but not so good with carpal tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've had some carpal tunnel, but it's from another reason. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, that repetitive action, let me tell you, gets you every time. (laughs) So here's here's the link I just found. You know, you're obviously http dot slash slash my own dot opera. Oh, opera. Oprah. (laughs) Yeah, and um, then it will open up to uh, to those pages, and you just go for Sherry Lewis in the. Yeah, I just keep clicking on it in my, from my Facebook page. And, yeah. Oh, look at that! Fifty-six thousand two hundred seventeen. I'm doing it again. Oh wow! Oh, listen to him. He's doing it again. <laughs> I'm doing it again. In moist. He's a total. You know, everything about him is sexually charged. You realize this, Robert? Everything he's saying. Yes, yeah, so I. <laughs> <laughs> After the first show, I figured that out. <laughs> they like, woo He keeps the stunk in it. I would not it be is. here if it weren't for sex. Huh? Just so you know, I owe sex everything. Oh. Yeah, well, you know, that's good mojo you got going there. That's very good mojo. <laughs> so, so, sorry, tell us a little bit about your blog, because you're also a fellow blogger on The Body with me, and, you know, we've had some other bloggers on. We had Mark on. We had Justin on, Tree on, uh, River on. Um, you know, tell us about your blog. I love the title, HIV Diva. 
Yes, which was really a natural because when I did Diva Simply Singing with Shirley Ralph, I was her first and I think only to date HIV positive diva. I mean, all these 20 years, this year will be her 20th year doing Diva Simply Singing, which is a nonprofit that she does for women who are positive. And for all these years, and so when I when I met her, I said, oh, I'm going to be your first positive diva. I'm like the which seems crazy because I'm sure there are plenty of other positive women who can sing out a song. But nonetheless, I managed to get my way on that stage. And um, so when so when I kept saying I'm the HIV positive diva, and then the blog happened from the body, I thought, well, I'll just call it HIV diva. And, you know, I love that. That's why I throw on the pink boa picture, and there I am. And I'm I'm kind of a reporter. I love your blog, and I love Mark's blog. Mark's blog is like a, a, it's like a, a show. I mean, I just love what he does. He's very creative. And I, I tend to go more like a journalist. I don't know why I approach things. It's just a natural inclination. I, I like to report on things and I'm I'm kind of used to that. Maybe it'll expand. I like the entertainment version. And the video part's kinda of hard. Learning to edit and do all that stuff with the video is time consuming and difficult. But I'm Yeah Mark is a pro. It is. It's 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 hard work. But I, I really love it. I love that you can reach to so many people and I love that you can put these links on. So blogs have so much depth because I know like the last one that was focused on pride, that we all did the pride blogs. And um, you could put so many links. Like I had the Trevor Project and the, uh, the Point Foundation. And there's just so many fabulous organizations now in the gay and lesbian and, and transgender community, bisexual. I mean, it's just the list is so long. It used to be like gay and lesbian, and now it's like, hello. <laughs> it's so many. <laughs> the group is so large, I'm getting the initials. I'm getting completely dyslexic, like which way all these letters go. But it's really amazing. All the links go to great organizations that are, you know, for, from education for gay youth and education to sobriety. I put, like, so many different links for, like, CMA across the country, Crystal Meth Anonymous, the lives that are saved from the recovery movement alone and the and the gay meetings that I attend, you know, because I'm like the positive female that speaks in gay AA in LA. And they're packed. They're, I mean, there are a few hundred in those meetings and I always I'm always so moved by that because I go, wow, in my day, in the West Village in the 70s, there was no movement. Are you kidding? There was a movement to, like, get the cutest, shortest, short, short guy with the cutest butt and, you know, have a night in the baths. I mean, it just wasn't wasn't anything like this. It was saving lives. And even though crystal meth is a a nasty foe, um, there is recovery today. There's a lot of hope today, and that's the same with treatments. But you know, as we all know, it's no, no walk in the park. That's so true, right? One of the things I did want to um, mention is that I read in your blog is that recently you just celebrated 25 years. I know. Um, in recovery, and then 25 years of living with HIV. Yeah. Well, they coincide. I mean, even though. Right, because I came into the rooms of recovery in 1985, and I was diagnosed in 87, but I didn't get infected in 87. (laughs) I got, I mean, I was just found out because I got engaged in 1987, so I thought I would take an AIDS test, which was brand new. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, but I was, the last time I was at risk, was 1985, and even though poor Zeka, my lovely old ex-boyfriend who is still my dear friend and I love dearly, lives in New York and um, doing well, uh, you know, it always tells my bisexual boyfriend because he's such an important part of my story because I love him, but after him was my drug addict boyfriend who I had plenty of unprotected sex with who died several years ago, never said he died of AIDS, but he definitely died of complications of AIDS, but they never put that in the paper because, God forbid, they put the truth in the paper. And um, and so it's likely, I mean, it was definitely sexually transmitted, and it could have been anywhere from that period of time 
1985, which was the last period of time. And in, in the rooms of recovery in those days, in the early days of AIDS, everybody still was having unprotected sex, especially heterosexuals. Nobody thought it was their problem. And my hot little early recovery boyfriend had AIDS, and nobody knew it, and I had sex with him, and he died of AIDS. Mm-hmm. So that's the last, that's where the hammer falls for me, 1985. And did I feel anything? No. Did I have any of those early symptoms that people said, well, you get the fever-like thing? I felt nothing. Nothing. I just walked. Oh, I would have walked around in oblivion for 15 years, never knowing anything until all of a sudden I'd be that. She suddenly got sick. Nobody suddenly got sick. They just never had a test. They never, never had the preventative care that we we have today that we're all talking about so much is how important it is to be tested so you can take care of your health, which is why I've done so well for so long, a big part of it, because I did something that wasn't popular that who knew? I really just pure luck that I got tested, found out, and took care of myself. (laughs) You know, know, Sherry, I, I share a very similar story with you. I didn't get the fever. I didn't get the flu. I didn't get anything. I didn't know. Yeah. Until I got tested. Yeah. So I, I'm with you, girl. I, I'm seeing you eye to eye on this one. It is. It is. Um, it's a very insidious disease. In so many, you know, I mean, first of all, you just nobody ever thinks anything's going to happen to them, especially when you're young and you're healthy. We've been blessed with being young and healthy. You don't think anything's going to happen. When I was a young girl, I didn't think you could get pregnant, even though they go, you have to do this so you don't get pregnant. I go, oh no, you <laughs> just so dumb. You're like until and, you and slam into the wall, you don't realize, oh shoot, that hurts. And, <laughs> you know did you get pregnant? Oh, I had yes. Okay, good. Have any children? It's not the the happy story of my life. Right. But I, yeah, I was. Well, in, this is all in my in my active wild party days, and I couldn't take birth control pills because they gave me um, cysts on my ovaries. So in those oh. days, the, the all those things, women's products were a lot more toxic and problematic than they are today. They're a lot. They're different. They're bioidentical. They're more natural. But in those days, they were really cancer-causing, even in a young, healthy person like myself. So I threw out the birth control pills, and God forbid you used a condom or anything. I mean, who would do that? What was that movie where the guy went up to go get the condom, and he goes to the pharmacist, and the pharmacist back there, then he goes to pick up the girl, and it turns out to be her father? Oh, Anyway, I digress. It was a great movie. Anyway, I, yes, I, I remember this. Yeah, it, it was a, quite the drama. It was the drama. That's a recent, that's, is that the Meryl Streep? No. Is that the one no, where Meryl no, Streep is complicated? No, no, this was one from the 80s. Oh. Oh, I know which one it was. Okay, it was the remake of The Blob. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Oh, my oh God, Jeremy. Like I said, I digress. Sharing. <laughs> as long as you we keep your pants up, it's okay. Well, you know, I'm not wearing any right now. <laughs> oh, but dear. Again, he is. He's again. total sexist one over here. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is, I always do it with myself, so it's perfectly safe. Oh, oh, oh. Well, yes, that's what they told us to do, too. You're bringing me back. Yeah. That's what they told yeah. us to do. So you were supposed to... Safe sex in those days really was no sex. And you would go in and talk to teenagers. And first of all, you couldn't say much. Sometimes they wouldn't let you say really what you had to say. So you were supposed to just, (laughs) like, go on dates. And um, the furthest they would go is mutual masturbation. How frustrating is that? Wow. I remember the mutual, and what I did love, though, the early age education, I like the relay races that used to do relay races with, you know, um, I had a wooden, a wooden penis that I got from, as a gift, as an age educator from Vermont. It was, maple, it was out of maple wood, and it was a penis. I still have it. It's a fabulous, <laughs> you know, to show that. how to put on a condom. They used to have relay races. They'd have all-size dildos. You'd have relay races. And this is how we were making condoms, condoms fun, and learn how to put condoms on and sex- sexualize them so that, because, you know, breaking through that, 
was hard for everybody. Forget the gay community was really having a tough time because they thought, well, we don't need condoms. We're not getting anybody knocked up. But right, exactly. Yeah, it was a terror. You know, it was a real. It was hard for everybody, and we, you know, we. It was a sexual revolution for everybody. So nobody wanted to all of a sudden had to learn this thing, and it was a bummer. And how do you do it? And then you're embarrassed. It's just so horrible. So we had relay races, and you know, street workers taught me how, and my girls, like when I would do AIDS education and protection in those days, how to put a condom on with your mouth. Did it. I thought that was genius. Yeah, I always tell girls, listen, no guy's going to stop you. And guys, of course. No guy's going to stop you while you're rolling a condom down on his penis with your mouth. No one. It it makes it much more fun. It's fun. It's going to feel good. And once it's on, you're good to go. That's right. And it's loose. Wait a minute. I got a question about these relays (laughs) that you were having. (laughs) Did you pass... Did you pass, because in a relay you passed like the baton, so did you pass condoms off or did you pass like the dildos off? No, we passed the dildos, we were doing, it was, first you bring the condom, then they put the the condom on the dildo, how fast it goes, then she runs with the dildo with the condom onto the other side, then she takes it off the right way. (laughs) I would pay to see that. You have to take it off the right way or the whistle blows, you know. You have to have all those on the side, on each side behind the receiver. And, uh, you know, the other side was really, you know, I mean, that's really great. you have to take it off before it gets soft. Right. And you have to learn how to roll it up and take the tip. It's all about the tip. No spill. That's right. No spillage. No No spillage. spillage. You don't want to waste, you know. No cups running over here. (laughs) (laughs) So, Cheryl, we... they were the things that we could laugh about in those times that were really not anything to laugh about. I mean, I, I used to hear ACT UP, and when I was living in Boston in those years, and I was in one of these buildings where I was running a, a very sad, depressing little support group with, like, three girls, and then one person would die in a group of three, and then nobody would show up the next week. It was depressing as hell. And the room next door to me was packed with men, and maybe a scattered few women. I'm just saying that. I don't even know if they were there, but it was predominantly male voices, and they were act up. And that's what you would hear next door, and they scared the bejesus out of me. I was like, oh, my God. You know, the whole thing was so frightening because I was scared, and I thought, I can't afford I've got to heal. My whole perspective was always about healing. I've got to heal. You know, I, I was afraid to raise my voice. And so my work in activism was really about, it's almost very feminine, really, was that I, I was all about visualization and healing, massages, uh, uh, wheatgrass, acupuncture, the Louise Hay workshops that, you know, was the body-mind connection and stuff that people call the secret today and all of that. And it really, it really took so much stress and gave me hope in a hopeless time. God bless Louise Hay. I'm telling you, she's a lifesaver. That's why she's so fabulous, aging like a goddess, that woman, because her her spiritual being is so strong. I mean, she overcame cancer. She's not just a teacher. She had, like, right at the end of a cancer uh, diagnosis. And she's, she was a metaphysical healer prior to her own death sentence and she said well time to now practice what i've been preaching and she did and she's been healthy and magnificent ever since between that and marianne williamson you're home free baby (laughs) (laughs) you know and even if you and it's not necessarily about living but it's about peeling down the layers and finding your spiritual being because i saw that with all the people that died, that they were at their most magnificent, even though the ravage of the disease was there, the spirit, it was almost like they just lifted up out of these war-torn bodies that just couldn't make it. You know, they just, you know, it was an exhausting, it's exhausting. When you say 25 years, I am shocked that I got through that. And that's why I celebrate so loudly. That's what living out loud is. I'm celebrating life, and no one should be afraid to celebrate and embrace their life, whatever it is that they embody, be it that they're gay or that they're coming out of the process of recovery and they have shame about their Just live it out loud. Talk about it. That doesn't mean don't have boundaries. 
be, you know, you be selective. But don't be ashamed of who you are. And that's really what that means to me. And that comes right out of the gay community. Because think about, you know, how many times in the gay community we have love out loud and how many, I mean, that's such a, you know, in the mainstream it will probably, you know, transfer over like, oh, living out loud. But we know who have been in the gay community forever that that's really a very gay thing. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it, and I hate to say this because I hate it when people say this, but that's so gay. It's you know, true. It is. And no, that's I, a positive, but, but why would you, it's a very positive thing to say that. No, no, you're, yeah, no, that is. Yeah. I don't like it when people say, you know, somebody's wearing something, oh, well, that's gay. Or well, that's how they, order, it's yeah, not you what know, you, it's, how you say it's it. It's becoming this derogatory term. Right. But, um, but come on, baby, I'll live out loud with you. Uh, you know, it's like, if, honey, if, gay is the way, babe. <laughs> now, if only Joel Olstein would understand that. <laughs> oh, look, she got it. She's the only one. You know, well, <laughs> poor Haggard. You see, not, oh, that, my God. That, 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 that's torture. I, I watch them, and torture. I feel tortured. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel sorry for that guy. I mean, he seems like such a sweet man. And he's, you know, he's one of these that religion's going to change him. I, I, I just, God bless him, and uh, they're going to have, they're going to have recruits of some sort. I'm not sure what, but. Oh. Uh, <laughs> you know, and and and. In their new church that they're, the, a new the congregation. New well, go. I just, and why I, you know, Joel Alstein just popped in my head because I was watching TV earlier today, and he was on a commercial with one of the local evangelical pastors around here. And he says, a Bible-based church. This is a good Bible-based church. I don't know where I'm going with this, but that's why it popped into my head. Where are you, Jeremy? I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh. Yeah, but I'm not from Charlotte, you see. Uh I'm from from Los Angeles originally. Uh Uh-huh. And I like long walks on the beach and puppy dogs. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I enjoy dinners alone, candlelit dinners I like. Yes. And um, a nice, possible, sensual massage after dinner and dessert. So what do you think, Sherry? <laughs> Sounds charming. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, Sherry, one of the things – sorry, Jeremy. One of the things that I can really relate to, uh, Sherry, with you is going through the recovery and, um, you know, just finding out – yeah, just finding out that you were HIV positive. That's kind of like sort of the same time. Do, do, did you speak a lot when you were, you know, when you were first diagnosed? The second I found out from the doctor, when he told me, you're, the, the next thing I did, still on my knees, mind you, I hit my knees. I was on my knees, and I called my sponsor, which to anyone listening is is the person that guides you through your recovery, a person who has more recovery time, sober time than you. And I called her, and I said, I, I, I got this virus. It was brand nobody knew, and I'm going to die. And uh, she said, no one said you were sick, which they didn't. He just told me, you know, that I had the AIDS virus. Barely, he really was cryptic. The poor guy, he was totally didn't know what he was saying. It was uh, shocking to him because I was a girl and right. heterosexual. It just didn't compute. So she said, go to a meeting and talk about it and then talk about the solution. So I just followed her direction with blinders on, and I went to a meeting in Massachusetts, Watertown, Massachusetts, a nice suburb, raised my hand, said I had tested positive for HIV. The room, of course, was like breathless. And how I, and people came up to me and just said, oh, you're going to be okay. You don't have to use, you know, you don't have to take any drugs, you don't have to drink, you don't have to use no matter what. And that is the thing that saved my life. And all my Boston peeps, if anybody's listening to you, to, to me here, thank you, thank you, thank you, because they they went through that time. They can really appreciate. When I moved to California, I was all shiny and strong and healthy after years. But that's where I got diagnosed and married and marriage crumbled and dreams crumbled and rebuilding and hoping for treatment. 
And so, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I went right away to a meeting, and that's why I had a support group before there existed a support group, you know, other than the groups that were pissed off, as they should have been, loaded with men who were screaming and dying with portable oxygen tanks. And I was scared. I said, I have to focus on living. And, of course, that's what you do in the rooms of recovery. You focus on living. You're always focused on the solution. So the problem is, is bigger than you. And that, that was the principle that saved my life, and it taught me how to speak, and it let me speak about living with HIV there, clean and sober, living with HIV. And, you know, and a few years later, I was outed by, uh, by the Boston Globe, a reporter for the Boston Globe, and I was horrified. And then I realized God's hand is either in everything or nothing. And maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. So I started to speak publicly. And once I did that, it was that open door, the experience I'm having now on that level again, where you step out there and so much comes back. It's amazing. And that that's, you know, that's what happened. It was um, from stages on little schools and throughout Massachusetts, throughout New England, 150 speaking engagements a year, you know, with a recovering troupe called the Improbable Players. And I would do these speaking engagements and these recovering plays. And you think, who's ever going to see you here in Vermont or, you know, Maine or, you know. And you'd be surprised. <laughs> Some find it a fabulous story, and they want to put it in the local paper. Before you know it, it's on the local news. And before you know it, the mayor is asking you to walk the candlelight vigil. And they were all memorials in those days. All World AIDS Days were very sad memorials. There was, you know, because that's all we were having. We were having nothing but funerals. Yeah, right. That was one of the things that I could really relate to because when I was diagnosed, it was literally like six months after I started recovery. And I know that the rooms and the and the people, you know, and my sponsor brothers and all them, they they really reached out to me. So that's why it's like a really good message to tell people that if you are somebody who is an addict and you're in recovery and you just found out that you were diagnosed, you know, HIV positive, a good step would be obviously to go to a meeting because and share about it. Because as, as terrifying as it is to raise your hand, mm-hmm. um, it's really, really therapeutic and you get a lot out of it. And, it, you know, a lot. And you help so many. I mean, because I was doing that, People would come up to me, you know, after we have like a greet and meet after you speak, and they always thank the speaker. And and people would come up to me and say, I have HIV too, but I never tell anybody. They would whisper in my ear. So that's what was happening. It's like I was becoming the receiver. Can I call you? And so, you know, it was these one-on-one counseling sessions with recovering people who who weren't talking about it. And I don't t- encourage that. I wasn't saying, well, you, should, you, you teach by example. When a person is ready, and that may not be for years, and that's quite all right. You know, activism was the gift from God for me. It fit my personality. I can't sit with that stuff. I have to blurt it out. I, I, and I was fueled by anger, which most of that's what ACT UP is. After a while, my activism became, I always talk about my dear friend Richard and my dear friend Lori, and Dennis, who passed the baton to me, who was, a, who was a speaker long before I was, and one day he got so sick, he said, Cher, he called me up, he says, I can't make it to the school, can you speak for me? And I said, Dennis, I don't do that, I can't do that. He says, you'd be great, I can't make it, I'm, you know, and he was dying. So I did him a favor, and he died. But I was holding that baton. You know, that symbolic bond. Yeah. And, you know, that's how it happens. And, and so their stories are in my DNA. And, you know, that's why, Robert, it means so much to me that you, so young and healthy, by the way, you look so great. When I see you in your soccer uniform, I go, hey, people, he's body. <laughs> You're healthy and recovering. Come on, that, that's hot because that, that's a great life. And, you know, to see you so young and healthy and taking on this new era of media and using it to outreach like this is is phenomenal. It's phenomenal what you're able to do, and you do it so well. 
you know, well, chat you. rooms and the website, and, and not the chat rooms of dating and sex and yada, yada. You can go a lot of places for that. This is really providing an incredible service. And I just thank you. You you know, this is what you wait for 25 years going, what's going to happen? Where's the next generation? You go, well, look, this this guy pops out, and he's Mr. Media. I, I'm lucky I have Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I am getting old. I appreciate old. that, but, yeah, but you're getting old. <laughs> sure. I mean, I'm, I work hard at keeping up with the uh, electronica life that we have. And I do pretty good, but, you know, a lot of my friends are lost in the dust. With Like, they'll say, what's a podcast? How do you hear a podcast? What do you mean a podcast? I mean, you know, you start to drop off. And to me, that's when you start to get old is when you lose your footing in in the here and now of this is the world we live in. Honey, if you want to stay in it, you better let yourself get a little iPod. And a <laughs> you better yeah, get no kidding. plugged in. Sherry, I just got rid of some number two pencils and some carbon paper. <laughs> <laughs> 1956? You're like way out there. Yeah, yeah. Number I like my Smith Corona typewriter. That was my favorite. And my I thumb- still have one. It's and what charge. about the whiteout? That was always good. The whiteout. It's like, come on. I, I have. I have. Oh, that went out of business. That was a very pop. Somebody got really rich on whiteout. Nobody needs whiteout. I got really high on whiteout. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Talk about the original Huffers, and I didn't oh, say God. Huffers, I said Huffers, you know. They were we did grow up in a lot of, to- we, we ate toxic food, we smelled toxic things. Ah. I used to love the smell of a gas station. I couldn't wait to get to a gas station smell when they opened that hood, and you go, oh, that smells good. They'd spray the window. I liked all of the- I was a Huffer, and I didn't even know it. Just a little <laughs> kid. Sitting in the car oh, going, my God. I love yeah, those well, smells. I grew, up, I grew up out on a horse farm. And, Dab, if you heard that, I don't want any comments. Um, <laughs> but I grew up out on a horse farm, and um, we used to have to paint the barn and stuff with this stuff called creosote, oh. which is this highly toxic, smelly substance, and it gets the horses from not to chew on it. So oh, that's cool. Would, it, well, it, 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 it was, Absolutely. And so I would stand out there for hours after everybody went in just to sit there and smell the paint. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. That's There's where it began. Know. That's where it all started. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it all went downhill, Jeremy. <laughs> so real quick, let's open let's open up the phone lines and let people give us a call. If you have questions or comments for Sherry, give us a call here at the show, 347-215-9442. Um, yeah, definitely give us a call here at the show. So go on. Um, go ahead, Jeremy. So go on. Well, I'm sorry. You know, uh, no, no, no. It's 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 quite all right. This is the show, after all. We have to get people <laughs> to call in and ask Sherry questions, riveting, riveting questions. So <laughs> Sherry, um, what are you expecting to do now? That I mean, because there is so much ahead of you. There is, you know? and that that's that's daunting. You know, as someone who's always been the teacher, the counselor person, and I would always say, you know, wow, the the big challenge now is people are living, so you have to all of a sudden get off unemployment and get a job and clean up the credit cards you maxed out because you thought you were dying. (laughs) And, you know, in a sense happened to me because even though I wasn't sick and I was living with a positive attitude, you did always have this little gray cloud around you going, because I was consciously saying, wow, I'm still here. You know what I mean? Like I'm waiting for that shoe to drop. I'm still here. It's five years. It's 10 years. It's 15 years. So I I felt that reinventing the wheel, which is why I moved to California. Once I got on meds and I realized, and they worked for me, mm-hmm. thank God, and I realized, wow, I'm going to be here a while. What am I going to do yeah. in my life? And, you know, because I was – I was grateful for the work I was doing, you know, in recovery with a counselor and HIV. But it wasn't my love. It wasn't my dream. But I was grateful for it, and it was gratifying. But once I knew I was going to be here a while, I said, wow, well, you know, I'm a singer. I'm obviously an entertainer. I mean, you can't bottle my personality. You hardly can keep it down. I, and I so I went to California, and I thought, well, I'm 46 years old when I arrive here. The last time I was here, I was 26. 
So I felt like Rip Van Winkle. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I was like, I don't know what to do. My body's not a little bikini bod anymore. I'm not going to go out with a pierced nipple and all of a sudden tattoo my body. (laughs) You know, what am I going to do? I'm doing that. Well, you can. You're young. I'm not that young. Well, you're not. You're not 56. I'm not going to first go tatting my body and piercing my nose. And, oh, my mother's probably just passed out in her kitchen listening. (laughs) That's it. it. When I come out to California next time, you and I will go get a tattoo together. Oh, sure. I'm not even wanting a tattoo. I'm afraid of needles. I'm the stupidest. (laughs) That's okay. You don't have to want one. I want one. Oh, I'll go with you. You can go with me. But I I won't. I won't put that in my system. I'm I'm afraid of the needle. And, you know, people never think they're going to get old. They don't look so good on old skin. Well, you know, I'm not going to get old. I I decided. That's very true. That's not true. (laughs) I hope you get old. (laughs) Anyway, I think I believe we have a caller on the line. Uh Uh-oh, I hope they don't can't because I said something about tats. They're just not for me. Are you I have a whole going on over here. In L.A., I think I'm the only one with a totally clean body. No, I got one, too. We've got some great, fabulous-looking men with tats, I must say. Oh, we we certainly do. It's really hot. Mr. Bob Bowers is, like, listening. I'm telling you, hot. I was excited him when I was saying this, going, oh, my God. (laughs) All right, well, let's bring this caller on and see what they have to say. Okay. Caller, you're on air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello? My name is William, and I'm calling from Massachusetts. Hey, William. Hi there. Yeah, I just I just came across you like a week ago on Facebook, Sherry. I didn't I didn't know really much about you or anything. Um, but I was just noticing one of the things that I, I noticed that you had a page on there, queer girl in the straight world. Straight girl. I mean, a straight girl in the queer world. The other way. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just curious. I've, I've been I'm a, I'm a heterosexual with HIV. I've been positive for since '88, and um, one of the things I've um, I wanted to ask you about this. One of the things I've noticed over the years, I mean, I've lived all over the place and gotten involved with different different ASOs, and um, and I feel like I mean I I don't know what I, I have a hard time dealing with with this because there's not very many things out there. Specific. Everything's culturally specific. Or sexually orientation specific, um, I would go into an ASO and, and try to find support groups. Now, I'm not anti-gay at all. Believe me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very appreciative of the gay community. If they hadn't done things out there in the beginning, there wouldn't be anything there now for yeah. people with HIV or AIDS. You know, and 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 I'm in, I, I'm in total gratitude. But but when I go and try to find things specifically um, to heterosexuals. Um, it's it's very hard to find anything, you know. And I guess you could say that um, I don't. I'm a straight guy in a queer world in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. right, can I? Ask I don't mean that in a bad way. Now, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I said, that's just that's just oh. like going with your title is. I, I'm I'm not anti-gay at all, but um, I find it real hard. A lot of these service organizations, uh, one in particular, I'm talking about like Eight Atlanta. I would go in there, and it, it turned more like from an AIDS service organization, I felt like, to a gay service organization. And and I feel like I would go into these places and not say there's anything wrong with, like I said, being gay, but uh, it's already, like I said, I just found out, and I walk in this place, and there's already a stigma in my mind because I'm thinking everybody, the straight people I know, if I come out and talk about this, they're going to think I'm gay, okay? I, like I said, I don't care, but... But then again, that's one of the stigmas um, mm-hmm. a lot of people, I guess, straight people might deal with, you, you know, know straight the, guys, especially going up in Georgia. Yeah. Well, that's the problem is fighting stigma is not an easy thing. And you really do have to hold your head up high to just walk bravely through that, through that muck because it really is muck. But, you know, what I want to say is I, I hear you. You walk into the, an, an AIDS organization and – you know, it is it's predominantly all gay literature. Yeah, advertising but, about like gay sex and this that, but it has nothing to do with the illness itself. William, and I feel I, before, but but I hear you walk in the door and you go, oh, it's gay, everything's gay. But if you actually look at their groups, what they offer for groups, I'm right. sure 
they have heterosexual AIDS support groups there. Well, at AIDS Atlanta, they had well, they do heterosexual groups on special occasions, and that's what they told me. That's I mean, right. Mark, I know Mark King on here. He used to be a director there at AIDS Atlanta back in the day, you know. But some of these, they got so big, these organizations, they get so big that most of the money they get coming in is more or less just to be able to keep them going. You know what I mean? And well, it's unfortunate, you, like East Coast, and this is this is the demographic, and still is very true today. The, dom- the dominating factor of HIV positives, heterosexuals a lot. The East Coast dominated the early days of, you know, it was the West Coast that was predominantly gay, HIV, and on the East Coast it was predominantly heterosexual because of IV drug users. It was the first group right. so it was IV drug right. users. So, you know, that that's the crossover. So there was a lot of... You know, I you know because I was in the rooms of recovery, and I don't know if you are or not. You don't have to. Yes, I am. Here too. Well, there was a lot of we had we had HIV you know twelve step meetings. Right. And, uh, and I've been I've been to those. It also affords you a social life there that it, it takes that crimp out of it. I mean, I had a total hetero hetero life you know, in Boston. I had a boy, I had a husband for seven years. Then I had a boyfriend for another seven years. And honey, you can take my husband, but please don't mess with my man. (laughs) 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 That was my favorite song at the time. But the, the, that, you know, there was, there were plenty of positive uh, heteros. If they were out about it is the other story. In those days, of course. That's what I'm talking about. I just wish more of them, more of them. I wish that the fact that you had a straight girl in a queer world. I wish. I mean. I mean. That's that's cool. I wish. And, and I wish it wasn't like such a like sort of like a novelty. I wish it was a more a more regular thing that people straight well, people were out why, there taking you know initiative. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know why that podcast uh, existed? And I, I titled it that because similar to what you're saying about organizations, these organizations that seem to be dominated by a gay community because they are because those are the founders. I know. But my podcast was put on by Here Networks, which is a gay network. But who else was going to give me a national podcast, you know, except the gay community to have this conversation? Only I understand. So I couldn't get that. And now you have blog talk. You can do everything. It's an incredible thing to have. But, you know, for a network, there was no network that was going to let me talk like that. So I thought, you know, I'm a straight girl. I need to represent my people, too, the heteros. So I was right. going straight girl in a queer world because I work in a gay network. And, of course, my that's life right. dominated by the gay community, and that's a good thing because if you don't have gays in your life, you don't have a life. That's my life. <laughs> you don't have good hair, you you life, clothes, you don't have good jokes, you. you don't have Everywhere a good life, how to gay. eat right. <laughs> my, friend well, Richard, you know, my friend Richard Cheney made my life beautiful from the minute I met him. On all those areas. And may he rest in peace. Another thing you can do, William, is you can go and check out um, the show's website at posim.com, and we have a social network there. And we do have Come a group there. there that's dedicated. Okay, then we have a, a group there that's dedicated to straight people, and it's called Straight Talk. And I'm starting to try to get some sort of a group chat for the, the straight you know, men and women on the site to, to talk about it more because it seems, you know, like you said, it's prominently gay, you know, everywhere you go. So I tried to make that small space. So you may want to check out that group and at least connect with the people on there, too. Right. Yeah, All right, well, I appreciate uh, it. Wanna, yeah, thank you, William, for calling in. And, uh, yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. I, I just wanted to remind folks that, you, you know, HIV did start with the gay community, um, you know, in the in the early days. It was all gay, gay, gay. So I, I think the direction in 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 healthcare and and all of that went directly to the gays and the gays in the gay community the gays, listen to me. The gay community <laughs> really pushed it forward. The gays. The gays, oh, the, gays. the gays are coming. Yeah, the gays are coming. The gays are coming. What is it? The Russians are coming, the Russians are coming, the, the gays bridge. are coming. <laughs> I see the flag now. Look at the rainbow. <laughs> you know the movie, yes. Um, <laughs> Russians are coming, but um, but uh, it, I, I think because of that, and in in I, I think 
especially now that more heterosexual folks are becoming HIV positive, that it's a very difficult thing for to unhitch in your mind. You know, it's like, well, geez, for the past 25 years, it's been all gay people. Well, oh, here's the deal. And you yeah. have to know it. And, Robert, you, you've been in college. Are you still in college or are you graduated? No, I never went to college. Oh, God, you seem so particular. <laughs> but, you know, college campuses are the most high risk, if such a word, such a, you know, phrase can be used today. But that's it. And that's not, you know, that's not the gay population. That's just a population. That's just a population. Having parties getting high, not even alcoholically, just having fun, you know, having plenty of unprotected sex. I mean, that's college. So there's plenty of heteros, you know, and and unfortunately that's why I know at UCLA, because that's where my experience is the last 10 years on that college campus, they have a really great movement there about knowledge is power. The banners fly throughout the campus. They've got UCLA AIDS ambassadors they're the student group that goes out and talks to their peers. You know, they're really protesting, you know, which is an interesting play on terms, on words. But, you know, they're, that's what it is. That's how, you know, people can get tested. And they also destigmatize it that way. They're not, they talk about HIV like, yeah. you know, what, what, are you, what are you buying, what are you listening to today, you know? I mean, it's just not a big, and that's what destigmatizing is, is keeping that going. You know, you're think? absolutely right, and and on top of that, you know, I have to tell you, being you know being here in Charlotte for the last four years and um, has been an eye-opening experience for me, especially because being a gay and two a gay, get it, <laughs> get it, <laughs> being gay and HIV positive. Yeah, being HIV positive in Charlotte is like being HIV positive 25 years ago. It is wow. so hush-hush. It is so quiet. Nobody wants to talk about it. It doesn't happen here. And so, to me, I feel like I have just stepped back in time. When, mm-hmm. you, when you're in a much larger metropolis sure. like um, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, mm-hmm. San Francisco, the large, they're more accustomed to it. They're, they talk more about it. But when you get out into these rural areas, it's amazing how different the world is. Yeah, it's a, it's a scary reminder. <laughs> it is. It's a very scary reminder. So, you know, we're trying to, um, and now Rob's telling me we gotta, we, I got to shut up. Um, <laughs> the hour is over. It, the, the hour flew by. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's He's just... like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> anyway, so, so Sherry, in last last couple minutes, are you singing at all anymore? And if so, where can we see you? What can we do? What? Uh, oh, I'm not. I don't have a planned gig at the moment. Um, <laughs> for my 25th birthday, I had a fabulous party at the House of Blues on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles, and uh, several bands played. And one of them I played with for a while, and so we did a whole bunch of songs together. And you know, my dear friend Paul Ill is an amazing bass player, can play everything but bass is his axes. Uh, he just said, you know, you're like a rock goddess, Sherry. I don't know why you're not singing. And I just have a great, you know, who knows? I mean, God gave me a voice, and it is better now than ever because that's what life has afforded me. I'm better now at all areas of my life than I've ever been. I mean, people even tell me I look better now. How do you look better at 56 and 26? Well, you take better care of yourself, for one. Yeah. And hopefully, um, yeah, music is is a part of my DNA, so I'm sure I'll be singing, and you will surely know when I am. Well, it sounds like a plan. Thank you so much for coming on again this evening and and hanging out with us for an hour. I just so love that it flies too fast, Robert, and someday I'm going to see you on the East Coast if you don't get here first. Yes, we will. So you enjoy the rest of your night, sweetheart. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Thanks, Sherry. Have a great week. Thanks, Jeremy, and stay out of that hot, sweaty, sexy thing. I I think I'm going to try. I'll try. (laughs) I I hear (laughs) you. All right, guys. 
by. And remember, folks, you can find more information on Sherry Lewis. You can actually just Google her name, Sherry Beachfront Lewis, and you can find her on Facebook. She's on Twitter. Um, if you go to thebody.com, she has a blog there called HIV Diva. And don't forget to go to uh, myown.oprah.com and search Sherry Lewis and vote for her show 100,000 times a day. Whatever you do, vote to get Sherry her own show. And next week, uh, Jeremy, me and you will be speaking with um, Nicholas Snow. Oh, he's okay. going to yes. He's going to come back on. He's going to talk about a, a new song that he just released, and then the week after that, um, we'll be speaking with uh, Kimberly Locke on the 11th. So we hope everybody has a great night, and don't forget to go get tested if you're not already, and take the people you love to go get tested because it's important. Jeremy, have a great night, and I will talk you to too. you next week. Everybody have a great week. Thanks. <laughs>